Luke 17, if you would, with me. Luke chapter 17, and uh, let's begin at verse 11, if we could. Luke 17 and 11, if you're there, say amen. amen. It came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. Now, this is a key we're going to deal with in just a few minutes. They stood afar off. They lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves to the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. As they went... They were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus answering said, were there not ten that were cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that returned, everybody say that returned, to give glory to God save this stranger. He called him a stranger because he was a Samaritan. He said unto him, arise. Go thy way, for thy faith has made thee whole. Mm, thy faith has made thee whole. That's a word right there that I believe God wants to do in this house tonight. I believe he wants to make somebody whole in this place. I believe he wants to finish a work that he's already started. Praise God. Now, this is going to be as simple a preaching as I can preach to you on Sunday night. I'm going to break it down Gerber style, all right? The difference between the nine and that were healed and the one that was made whole was the return. He was willing to come back and give God praise for what he had done. And this is, this is where we're at right now, okay? It's easy for us to come on Sunday night, get a touch from the Lord, and just go our way. There were nine people. If you, do, if you just look, it's a round number, so it's easy to do, okay? There were ten people. Ninety percent of the people that were touched by the, by the touch of the Lord, ninety percent of them were satisfied with just a little bit. But there was ten percent. There was one of those men that said, I'm not satisfied with this. I've got to come back for more. And the people that are willing to just keep on coming back, keep on coming back, are the people that we're going to see touched by God in this end time. I believe that. Amen. You may be seated. I don't even know how to preach this as simple as I want to tonight. I want to break this down where you, you'll never forget. This is so easy that you'll never forget what I'm telling you tonight. I want to preach this to you. 
It came to pass as he went to Jerusalem, passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. As he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers. So we got it out on the table. They had a problem. Welcome to the club. <laughs> You're in a good church for that tonight. Because this church is full of problems. Full of people that have been through some things. There's not a soul in this house tonight that's perfect. There's not one of us in this place that's got our act all together so good that we deserve the goodness of the Lord. None of us. There was a group of ten of them. They had a problem. But here's, here's the thing that I, I really got to get in, into your spirit tonight. They had a problem. And the Bible said that they stood afar off. Jesus is standing by the way. And people that had problems were standing afar off. There is something that happens in the natural makeup. And I know I'm not going to go into all the rules and all the things. They were lepers. We understand that was a problem. We know what the priest said. They're not supposed to be around people. But here is what I, I got to get into your spirit tonight. Whenever you have trouble in your life, it is the same old trick. The enemy wants you to be as distanced from Jesus as you can be. He'll do everything he can to get you focused on what's wrong and keep you away from what can make you right. The Bible said that they stood afar off. And this is what you need to know tonight. You are never going to have your breakthrough moment as far as away from Jesus as you can be. You're going to have to make the effort to come to where he is. Is that simple enough for you tonight? Is that plain Jane kindergarten preaching to help somebody right there? The devil does not want you close to the master. He doesn't want you here Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. He doesn't want you around the people of God. That's why he fights you so hard to keep you focused on the fact that you've got problems. And every time Jesus comes close and the answer is near to you, there's something in you that says withdraw yourself and stay away from that. You don't deserve his help. You don't deserve his touch. You don't deserve to be cleansed. But I'm telling you tonight that it is the will of God that your life be changed, that your world be rearranged, and that God heal you heart, body, and soul. It is not the will of God that you stay the way you are. It's just not. I was talking to someone last night and we were basically talking about the will of God and how the will of God works in your life. And... Uh, you know, some, sometimes I, I really do think this may be one of the biggest things that we get hung up on in our relationship with God is we're always looking for the will of God. You talk to people and, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm just trying to find the will of God. And six months later when you see him, how you doing? I'm doing good. Just trying to find the will of God. It's like they're always searching for the will of God. And the will of God is right in front of your face. I, I, th I think we need to understand how the will of God works. The will of God can transpire in our lives, but there are times that men interrupt the will of God. Well, give me Bible. Okay, I'd be glad to. You want to know what the will of God is? 
It is not his will that any should perish. But that all should come repent. That's what the scripture said. That's the will of God. The will of God is that all would come to him and repent. Not his will that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. The will of God is that men change. So let me ask you this. If men don't change, then is the will of God being done? No. So we know that the will of God is righteousness. It is not the will of God for us to stay in an unrighteous condition that will cause us to perish. Now this is as simple as it gets. The will of God is that you are made better. That is the will of God. It's funny, I, I, feel like I'm, I feel like I'm trying to tell my kids why we don't touch the hot stove tonight. I want this to be so simple. Why, Pastor? Because I'm tired of the devil beating your brains out and making you feel like you don't deserve the Lord to touch your life. I'm glad this doesn't have anything to do with what I deserve. Man, if we walked around this room tonight, and thank God we're not going to, but if we did, and just started handing the microphone to people that said the places they've been and the things they've done, and so you come back to the Lord... And you try, and it's like this Sunday night touch. We, get, we just come on this Sunday night, and we're, we're excited, maybe desperate, been through some things. We come in, we just get the touch of the Lord, and we feel just good enough to leave and not be back. And, the, and there's a lot of people that are satisfied with this. As a matter of fact, from the biblical account, 90% of people will be satisfied to just leave feeling better. Man, am I preaching right now? Have I walked out of the scripture yet? 90% of these men left feeling better and they were satisfied that it was better for the moment. But one of them was desperate enough that he wasn't satisfied to just be better. He wanted to come back and make a return to the presence of the Lord. I pray tonight that God will touch somebody so powerfully in this house tonight that it'll get a hold of your soul and nothing will satisfy you but coming back to the feet of Jesus. I've watched this trick happen time after time after time. You have a mistake. You've made the mistake. You've walked away from God. Backslid. Maybe, maybe you've never served the Lord. Maybe your grandparents brought you to church when you were a kid. Maybe whatever. Just I've seen the trick. It don't matter. The devil loves to use it on everybody to keep you as far away from help as he can keep you. And in doing that, you can guarantee one thing. That as soon as you're willing to distance yourself, when you try to come to the Lord, He'll always send somebody else to quote unquote help you. Man, I, want, I, I really do want to get down where somebody's at right now. It's so funny to me, the people that get concerned about folks that haven't been concerned about you at all. Until you try to get things right with God. And you come to the Lord and they start in about, why, why, man, why would you do all that? Why do you want to go tie your life down to going to church all the time? Like going to church is all living for God's about. If it is, then we got some serious trouble going on that's not going to be fixed on a Sunday night. 
This is not just about coming to church. And that's exactly how we sell the bill. And this is what you need to know. You can be here three times a week and still be afar off. You can hear preaching three times a week, four times a week. You can come to revival and hear preaching every night and still be distanced from the master's touch. It is not the will of God for us to get close enough to get better and just walk away from it. It is the will of God for us to return to his presence and to be made whole. And I feel tonight that God has sent me here to reach for somebody that time after time after time, the enemy has told you how unworthy you are and how much you don't deserve him. But I feel like telling you that if you'll return one more time tonight to the feet of Jesus, there is a touch from heaven that will change your life forever my 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 now let's just stay in a bible principle right here if 90% of these men walked away and 10% of them stayed it ought to tell you that you're never going to be in the majority by trying to do the right thing When you start crunching Bible numbers, it'll mess with your head. Now, you can just read on past them and act like they don't exist. But when you start doing mathematical numbers like this, and I'm not a great mathematician at all. When you start looking at 90% are okay with being all right, 10% want to be made whole. You start looking at the end time, two will be grinding at the mill. Or, you, know, you understand, one be taken, one be left. Two laying in the bed, one be taken, one be left. That means 50% are going to be left behind. Are you are y'all with me on these biblical numbers? It's tough. When you start looking at it because not everybody that says they want to make it is going to make it. It's only going to be the strong that survive. And if you're still trying to figure out how much of God is essential to get by, you're not going to make it. You you you're not you're not going to make it. If you're trying to figure out just how much of a touch do I need to be okay. Listen, pastor, so glad that you're here tonight. And I'm glad that you want to be okay. But I'm not up here preaching to people that I just want to see do okay. I want this church to break the charts. I want this church to mess up the numbers. I want this church to be full of people that the enemy tried to get you to stay at a distance. But tonight on a Sunday night, you were made whole. So we can look for reasons all day long and it don't take very long to start finding reasons of why we shouldn't be touched of God. Why we shouldn't be touched of God. Why we shouldn't let God touch our life. But the word of the Lord helps us to understand that, and this principle can be misconstrued if we're not careful, just to be honest with you. Sometimes it's abused a little bit in the context But I want you to understand the heart of the Lord. When he talks about a shepherd that will leave the 99 and go looking for the one lost. You you understand what I'm saying? If you misconstrue the context of this, it almost appears that he abandons the people that are doing right and rewards the ones that have gone astray. That's... That's not the principle. He doesn't reward people that are going astray. 
That's, that is, that's not the principle. This is, this is something that you've got to get down deep in your heart. Is that it is the heartbeat of God to draw people back to him that have strayed. This is not about rewarding unrighteousness. This is about reaching for that person and saying, come back to the fold. This is where you belong. It, this, is, this is not running out there and petting that lamb on the head and say, oh, bless your little heart. We want you to be happy. Want you. No, no, no. As a matter of fact, if you read about the shepherd, the, tr- the truth is, and we don't like to preach this part, if you've ever read this, when the shepherd gets the lamb that's gone astray, before he picks it up and puts it on his shoulders, he'll break its leg. that lamb runs off he'll pick it up break its leg put it on his shoulders why does he carry it on his shoulders because it can't walk anymore oh man I'm trying to help somebody here tonight but you know you've reached a whole new level of desperation in your walk with God if when God deals with you you are willing oh Lord I want to help you you are willing to be broken if that's what he has to do to you I would rather him break me and carry me than for me to stay lost out here by myself in a wilderness. Once the leg of that lamb is broken, he doesn't just throw that lamb down and say, you should have learned your lesson. I'm going to break your leg to teach you a lesson. Now you lay there until you get better. No, that shepherd will pick it up and teach it to trust again and teach it to love again and teach it to be in the flock again. You hear this preacher when I tell you that he's still reaching for the people that have wandered away from their father's house and he wants you to come back home and he wants you to return and he wants you to be at his feet and he wants you to be made whole and he wants to heal your mind and he wants to heal your spirit and he wants to heal your emotions. I struggle with that sometimes and I don't want to beat a dead horse I, I, I don't I, but I, I want you to understand that modern theology has brought us to a place that it's like we celebrate the one that's gone we, it's like we, we celebrate that and we're like see he's willing to leave the healthy to go after this one and, and, and he will abandon the healthy and that's never been the intent, the, the intent of God the, the intention was to get that broken thing and fix the problem so that it doesn't want to leave the fold again. <laughs> After the return, there's a difference in the way the lamb walks forever. Mm. There are things, listen to pastor tonight, there are things in the lamb That did not have to be broken. It didn't have to be that way. But now it is. And so when you come back into the fold. You may limp a little different. Than the rest of the flock. But do not let the enemy tell you. That you are handicapped because you were broken. Every time you limp into the house of God let it be said I'm grateful that he broke me and I'm grateful that he came after me and I'm grateful that he sought me and I'm grateful that he bought me and I'm grateful that he brought me home 
Well, what about the, what about the fold? What if the fold makes fun of my limp? Can I just be me for a second? Who gives a flying rip? I'm, so, I'm sorry if that sounds rude. I don't give a rip. I'd rather be in the fold broken. What if they talk about me? Who cares? What if they judge me? Who cares? What if they don't think I'm worthy? Who cares? You're home. Come home. Stay home. Man. Trying to keep this kindergarten right here. I, I want you to get this. This is the simplest story I can tell you. He loves you enough to break you if he has to, to get you to come back home. He loves you enough to do whatever he has to do to get you to come. If there would have been an easier way for your sins to be washed away, he would have done that. But without the shedding of blood, there could be no remission of sin. And Calvary did not happen so that you and I could be okay. Calvary happened so that we could be made whole. So I'm preaching to you about the, the difference, the return. What happens in the return? What, what is so different in the return? What's different about people that are willing to return back to him? Now let's just be honest. I believe that 100% of these men, I'm so glad the Lord did this with 10 because it makes math easy. When you're as smart as I am, you like dealing in tens. It makes math super easy. I believe that 100% of these men had the effects of leprosy stopped. Right? Is this, is this simple enough? Like, they, they didn't have leprosy anymore. At all. None. The leprosy was gone but I want to paint the picture for you oh Jesus 90% of these men that were healed of their leprosy we don't see it recorded this is left to your mind to understand the desperation of this disease there was a reason why they kept everybody separate and, and leprosy um, several years ago I was reading a book called leadership pain dealing with even leprosy today as it is, it's a terrible, terrible disease. It attacks the nerve system. It causes you to be insensitive um, to pain. Like you don't, you don't feel anymore. You don't feel pain. And so people lose digits. And, and there's a story of a, uh, of a little child that uh, the father abandoned, said that it was a monster. And the mom was trying to raise it on its own because it would literally chew its own tongue and, and, and bleed. And it had had broken digits and didn't even realize and it was because of leprosy and so what happens over time with leprosy is that because the nerves are so dead they'll they'll lose digits and have sores and things that they they don't they don't even know are there and I, I don't I don't want to jump off real deep into this I just want to make the point to you that 100% of these people had that process stopped but the effects of what had been was still present. 
They weren't lepers anymore. He said, go show yourself to the priest. Why do that? Because the priest is who said they were lepers. And they could not be not lepers until the priest said, okay, you're not a leper anymore. Now that right there is amazing that it was left to the priesthood. Uh, You ain't got no business judging my life. He said, the priest will tell you when you're a leper, and the priest will tell you if you're not a leper. Be patient with your pastor. Be, pa- be patient with your pastor, because we don't need leprosy in the choir. Well, I've been sat down longer than so-and-so was. Just be patient. Because we don't want leprosy on our kids in the children's church. We don't want leprosy in our Sunday school classes. Oh, Lord Jesus, move right now. So what's the difference? The difference is 90% of these men went and shown themselves to the priest. And the priest said, okay, you can go back to normal. You're not a leper anymore. But I believe, just this is my belief. I'm not trying to make a doctrine out of this because this is not about salvation. I believe that 90% of these men, all 100% of them when they left, you could see the effects of what they had been through. <laughs> oh, I'm trying, Brother Snow, to get it to them tonight. They were healed. Of the condition. But it was obvious to everybody they walked by. What they had been through. Man. Now I know that you look around this place tonight. And you see all the pretty shirts and ties. And pretty hair done up and all that. And you're like. I don't need to be around these people. They are too good for me. And the reason why they appear that way. Is because they came back. Uh, There was only 10% of this group. Oh God, I'm about to preach right here and I can't hardly handle it. There was only 10% of this group. One man that came back that was able to say, listen to me very closely right here. I don't look like what I've been through. 90% of the people still look like what they had been through because they had been healed, but they weren't made whole. My, my, my. There, there were, oh, Jesus. I'm trying so hard. I'm trying to stay in my skin, Brother Jordan. Listen, Listen to me. You can live the rest of your life, and I'm just going to use this as an analogy. You can use a re- live the rest of your life dragging your leg around as an excuse. I hope y'all got your seatbelts on. Some people don't want to be whole because even though they've been healed, they're still broken enough to get sympathy.
And I was doing so good. Oh, my, 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 my. When you look at them, you really can't tell if they're still lepers or not. Only the people that are intimately connected with them know they're not a leper anymore. But the one that came back, I believe that the difference in him being made whole is that nobody anywhere could ever tell what he used to be. And what the Lord wants to do in this place tonight is to remove the effects of what you've been... Oh. I feel that gentle hand reaching down into this place tonight with mercy dripping off of his fingertips, reaching for somebody one more time to let you know. And I want you to hear this preacher tonight. God is not finished with you yet. He is not through with you yet. You have not wasted enough of your life for God to throw you away. There is still something that God can do with your life. Some, some, some folks will never, be, will never be happy for that to be erased from their life because it's enough for them to get sympathy. Now, what I'm about to say, I realize I'm putting myself out on the line and people are going to think I'm, I'm really mean. So, I guess it is what it is. But there was a lady somewhere in the universe that I drove by for a very long time, like months and months and months, that held a sign up that said, uh, need help, pregnant, and went through this whole deal. And it, it, it caught my eye the first time I went by, I'm pregnant and need help. And I'm like, wow, that's sad. You know, and, and my mind starts going through this deal like, oh, man, this poor girl, somebody's got her pregnant. and she's stuck out here. And, Three months later, four months later, I drove by and the sign said, need help, pregnant. And I'm like, at some point, Maybe I should just drop the mic right there. <laughs> At some point, you've got to give birth to what gives you sympathy. And if you're not willing to stand up and just be honest about yourself, oh God, I'm preaching right now. I know I'm being ugly to some. I know I'm being mean. There's probably somebody saying ugly things about me on the internet right now. This is probably going to make some online about mean preachers. I'm sorry. I, 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 want, to, I want to tell y'all, please hear pastor tonight. Please, please hear me. Until you're willing to be honest and say, 
I don't need you to enable me anymore in this untruth. I need to be set free from the lie. Oh, Jesus. Sooner or later, people are going to notice that you don't have a baby bump. And they're going to stop investing. Oh, man. I, see, this is how God speaks to me when I'm driving down the road. And I'm like, eh. I'm not going to invest in the handicap because you're better than that. And I'm bringing this woman because I could use this same story about some people probably in this room tonight. That you would rather people invest in that broken thing. Rather than reveal the truth about who we are in the presence of God. But do you understand the guts it took? This, you may not consider this at all. You may not. But if you read the story the way that we read it tonight... It implies that these 10 men, okay, these 10 men were told by Jesus, go show yourself to the priest. Is everybody agreeing with me? Okay, I don't want to leave the book. 10 men were told, go show yourself to the priest. All 10 of them leave. While they're on their way, that's what the scripture said, on their way, they were healed. Right? I hadn't left the book. So it happens... He says, go show. They turn. They look down. They're on their way to show the priest. It, boom. It goes away. I'm not a leper anymore. But the one man returns. And the way the scripture helps, the way I see this scripture, is they have not been to the priest yet. So we know, we know the high priest said, you're whole. But even he followed order and said, go yourself to the priest. Because the, the priests are going to be the one that set you free in society that you can mingle again, right? I, I'm going somewhere with this, so stay with me. So this one man had more guts than you realize. Because the law said he was not supposed to go back and be close to Jesus. The priest hadn't released him yet. Oh, God. He was willing to break away from propriety. To break away from the regulation. These, these nine were like, well, let's just follow the system. And this man said, you know what? He's done enough for me right now. That I at least need to come back. He hadn't been. No, nobody else had told him he was free yet. Nobody had told him yet. It's okay for you to do this. It took guts for him to be honest with the Lord. And turn around and say, I know this is a risk. Because I know what I've been. But I had to come back to you and tell you, thank you for taking a chance on me when I didn't deserve it. I'm still at a place right now, although you've touched me, I can't go anywhere else. I can't talk to anybody else until the priest releases me. But I had to come back to you and tell you, thank you. I had to return and tell you, thank you. I had to come back when society said that's a dumb thing to do. I had to come back and say, thank you, Lord, for taking a chance on me. Thank you. Sometimes one of the hardest things to do is to have the guts. Shut up, okay, 
I know what I'm risking right now because anybody else that's standing here watching is going to know that Jesus shouldn't be talking to me and I shouldn't be close to him and I shouldn't be touching him right now. I know I'm taking a risk coming back with my humanity and being open and honest with him about who I am and what I've been through. But as that man was willing to break from the tradition and turn and return and return and return and return and return. That's what I'm preaching to you about tonight, the return. He came back. He came back. He came back. And as he knelt down at his feet, you can see this however you want to. But I'm going to tell you what I believe. I believe that he returned and he came back to Jesus. And as he knelt down at his feet where a finger was missing moments ago. It began to grow and where sores had been and and scars had been in his life. He said, I know it was a risk, but I had to come back and let him touch me. And all of a sudden, everything that made him come short in life, when he exposed himself to Jesus, God began to make it whole in him. I'm telling you tonight, if you return to the feet of Jesus, he will make you whole. Can we just lift our faith and our hands toward heaven right now? I'm finished preaching tonight. I'm just, I'm reaching for somebody tonight in the Holy Ghost. What I'm saying to you is don't you let the missing fingers and the, the, the scars and the wounds of where you've been keep you from coming back to him. Take the risk. Come back to his feet tonight. Come back to Jesus. Return to Jesus tonight and let him heal you. Let him fix the broken places. These altars are open tonight to whosoever will. Let him come. Pastor, you don't know the scars that I've got in my life. You don't know how many times I've failed. You don't know the effects that this disease of sin has had on my life. Then take the risk and come back to his feet tonight. <laughs> something happened and now I know he touched me and made me whole is there anybody in the house tonight that's tired of carrying around where you've been what you've been through and you just want Jesus to touch you one more time is there anybody here tonight that would be willing to say pastor I know I have shortcomings and I've made a lot of mistakes but I'm willing to take the risk tonight and come to his feet and bow down. I'm willing. I'm willing to take the risk tonight to come back one more time to the feet of Jesus. I'm willing to make the return in order to be made whole. God, your word has gone forth tonight to separate the bone and the marrow. Lord, it's separated the body and the soul, the spirit of a man. Oh, God. Can you believe that God is mindful enough of us tonight to reach for us one more time? Oh. He thought I was worth saving. 
So you came and changed my life. You thought I was wrong.